0: hey guys just before we get started i wanted to kind of put a swear warning because i realize i do in fact swear a lot and i just kind of want to make sure if any kiddies are listening that uh you should probably stop now if unless you're a mature child and also i'd like to say uh sorry mom <laughs> let's get started with the episode hey guys welcome back to the long may she rain podcast i'm aiden i'm your host for this podcast um I don't know if I sound different. I don't know if you guys hear anything different, but I got a mic for Christmas. I feel so professional now because for uh, the entire time I've been doing this podcast, I've been recording on my phone (laughs) because I couldn't afford a mic. But uh, bless up to my parents because... (laughs) They bought me a mic for my podcasting, which makes me feel great. It's nice that they're about as invested in my podcast career as I am. (laughs) else I wouldn't have this mic. I don't know if I sound better, but I I hope I do. I hope it um, improves the quality of the episode for you guys. Um, I hope you guys had a good holiday break. I mean, holiday break, isn't over yet, but um, you know, it will be eventually. Um, I, I had a pretty decent Christmas. It was kind of anticlimactic because you know, uh because of COVID and everything, like I know Christmas just kind of felt like like any other day. Like it didn't feel like Christmas, which was a little disappointing, but it was fun. I got a lot of good stuff, which is uh, pretty great. And uh, New Year's just went by and that was fun. I did a, I went to a virtual holiday. Well, sorry, virtual New Year's party with my friends because they're all in Ontario and I'm in New Brunswick. Um, speaking of me being in New Brunswick, yeah, I haven't really had the best time here in New Brunswick. I'm going to be moving back to my parents' house in Ontario until uh, September, and I'm probably going to come back to New Brunswick because I'm just I just haven't been able to get a job here yet. So it's been it's been really stressful, but you know I'm going to come back eventually and it'll all be all right for me. All right, let's get into the topic at hand. Today, we are discussing Charlotte of Wales. Now, you've probably never heard of her, and for good reason, you probably haven't heard of her. Now, she was the granddaughter of uh, the Mad King, George III of Great Britain, and she was the daughter of the future George IV of Great Britain. Uh, She was destined to be Queen of England. Sorry, sorry, Queen of Great Britain someday, but unfortunately she ended up tragically dying very young, and in her place eventually Queen Victoria became queen because Charlotte died. Uh, so if Charlotte had lived, Queen Victoria would have never happened, which I think is very interesting. Um, I had lots of fun researching for her, uh, let's get into it. Okay, so Charlotte was born on the 7th of January, 1796 at Carlton House in London, England, uh, to George Prince of Wales and Caroline of Brunswick. Now, of course, her being born on January 7th makes her a Capricorn. Now, I'm not a Capricorn, but my mom is, and I admire my mom a lot. So I admire a lot of Capricorns a lot, because Capricorns are cool. (laughs) They are generally uh, classified as strong-willed people. They are also adaptive and charming, and I think this fits Charlotte's personality very well. Uh, She was sort of the people's princess before Diana was. Like, if there was an it girl of um, 1810's Great Britain, it was Charlotte. And I, I think as we get into her story, you'll definitely understand why I think this. Okay, so before we actually get into Charlotte's life, there's a huge amount of context with Charlotte's family and her parents because, oh boy, is it fucking messy. And I think you guys need to know this before we actually get into her life. So, the Hanover family, at, uh, by the 1790s, had been ruling England for about a century at this point. And by that point, the family's popular- popularity was a bit of a dumpster fire. <laughs> Now, the king who was on the throne was none other than King George III, and by this point in his life, he had lost the American colonies and his popularity was at an all-time low. He hadn't gone crazy yet, but he was he was almost there. Um, even more unpopular than good King George was his family, specifically his sons. Now, Georgie boy had seven sons in total, but um, most of his older sons were the problem. I believe, yeah, one, two... Yeah, seven sons. Um, Now, all these boys, they were womanizers with, like, mistresses, and, like, some of them were illegally married to women they were not allowed to be married to, which was a problem. Um, Because of this, George didn't have any legitimate grandchildren, which he knew was a massive issue for the future of the monarchy. Like, it would end if none of his um, sons had any legitimate grandchildren. Now, the worst offender for scandal among these seven boys was probably George's eldest son, also called George. So we're gonna I, we're gonna call him Papa George, just to separate King George and Charlotte's Dad George. Now, Papa George, he loved women. He loved drinking. He was a huge party prince. And one day, he met this woman named Maria Fitzherbert. She was a wealthy widow who also liked partying, so they had a lot in common, and uh, Papa George fell head over heels in love with her, and that made him do something very stupid, as love normally does make people do stupid things. Uh, They secretly got married in 1785, which was hella illegal, Um, because... um, Of the Royal Marriage Act of 1772, it actually made it illegal for royal family members under 25 to marry without the king's consent. Uh, Not to mention, Maria was also a Roman Catholic, which was a huge fucking no-no in the royal family. After all, this is like a couple, like what, like two centuries since Henry VIII did his shit? So, (laughs) Roman Catholics were not welcome anymore. Um... Now, for years, Papa George and Maria Fitzherbert stayed illegally married, and it did not look like Papa George would ever give Maria up. He was like, no, this is my wife, deal with it. But then King George was like, okay, you know what, kid? I'll make you a deal. If you give Maria up and marry whoever I choose, I will pay all your gambling debts. And Papa George, who was in serious debt, was like, sold! (laughs) And he broke up with Maria. Now that Papa George was free again, he needed a wife. So King George chose Caroline of Brunswick, who, uh, side note, was also Papa George's like first cousin. Like, her mother was uh, the sister of King George. Like, that's how closely related they were. Anyway, ugh, it was totally normal back then. Um, Now, Caroline was a German princess who was also a bit of a train wreck. Uh, She wasn't very graceful or charming. At least that's what I've read about her. Her education was pretty much zilch. Um, She loved to make fun of people. Like, and she was, like, really petty and, like, vain and stuff like that. So, like, not exactly the conduct of a future queen, which was what everyone thought she was going to be, since she was marrying the Prince of Wales, one day she would be queen, so, like, not exactly the best candidate, but she got chosen, and, you know, <laughs> the relationship didn't start out great, um, when George and Caroline met, they, like, hated each other, like, on sight, uh, George was pretty much disgusted by her, at, like, he thought he was gonna faint, and Caroline thought he was fat and not nearly as handsome as as his portrait, um, <laughs> Still, despite this, they knew they had to do it, so on April 8th, 1795, they got married at St. James' Palace, and their wedding night was probably the only time they ever slept together, because Charlotte was born almost exactly nine months after their wedding. Now, apparently Papa George was, like, severely disappointed that it wasn't a boy. He was like, oh, do I really have to sleep with this bitch again? (laughs) But actually, uh, King George was not only happy to have a legitimate grandchild, boy or girl, he actually preferred... Um, female babies. Like he he didn't want a queen to eventually succeed his grandson. He wanted, sorry, his son. Ugh. <laughs> he wanted a grandson, but he was like, ah, eh, girl, it's good enough. And he actually liked female babies a lot. He was a lot closer with his daughters than he ever was with his sons, for good reason, because his sons were fuck ups. But <laughs> anyway. Now that we have all that context out of the way, let's talk about uh Charlotte's childhood. Spoiler warning, it's not exactly happy. Now, when Charlotte was born, her parents' marriage had basically been over for months. They lived separately, but they were still legally married no matter what Papa George wanted. He really couldn't get out of it. I mean, like divorce wasn't really a thing and he had no uh viable reason to get an annulment from his father, so like Caroline wasn't going anywhere. One second, drink. All right. Now, the minute Charlotte was born Papa, George did his best to make sure Caroline had no part in Charlotte growing up. He would not let Caroline see uh, Charlotte unless a nurse was with them and Caroline also had no say in how Charlotte would be educated, which massively pissed off Caroline. Now, luckily, many of the household staff around Charlotte knew that what Papa George was doing was, like, totally wrong, so they tried to let Caroline have more time with Charlotte, which was actually easy because Papa George was never fucking there. He was out partying and drinking and sleeping with other women, so, like, he didn't even notice that Caroline was getting more time with Charlotte than he wanted her to. Now, as Charlotte grew up, she was considered a happy and, like, reckless little child, but, like, also very emotional. Like, one of the things I read about her is that she got attached to people easily, and she was, like, a total empath, which I, I think is very sweet. I on it, I honestly think if she was still alive, we'd be friends, because, like, she's really chill. Um, Now, as she got older, she acted less and less formal, more like a regular person, which was, like, weird for a princess. Like, she was, like, so chill. Um, Still, her parents were... Oh, always so busy fighting over her that I don't really think they ever noticed <laughs> a lot about her. And neither of them really got that much time with her, even though Caroline was always bugging for time with her. So she was mainly raised by staff, especially her uh, governess, Lady Elgin, who she was very close with lo- close with, and probably considered uh, her a mother figure. Now, King George felt very conflicted in how to help. He knew that his son was a shitbag and a complete tool, and he wanted to help Caroline get more rights to parent Charlotte, but he also respected his son's parental rights because, you know, of course he did, even if his son was a complete shitbag. Um, in uh, 1798, Papa George tried to reach out to Caroline to, like, ask her to, like, come over for Christmas, you know, let's just be a happy, happy parents for Charlotte for, like, one evening, please. And Caroline was like, mm, yeah, we're not doing That's not happening. And she didn't end up going. And that was like the last time anyone thought there was even a chance of Caroline and George like making up and like being a good husband and wife to each other, which must have sucked for Charlotte because if I was her, I would have been sick of all the fighting by now. Um, now, when Charlotte was eight years old, her father got back together with his technical ex-wife, uh, Maria Fitzherbert, and he wanted to move into Carlton House, which was where Caroline and Charlotte were living. So, uh, Papa George did some really rude shit and kicked both of them out out of Carlton House to other places. <laughs> but Caroline was sent to K- Kensington Palace, and Charlotte got sent to Warwick House, which were actually like pretty close. I, I, I Google mapped it, and I think it's like a, a five minute bike ride so i imagine it's like a five minute horse ride um and he, papa george also made charlotte's governess lady elgin retire because she, he was angry that she had taken charlotte to see her grandfather king george without his permission uh because george also didn't like his father either he didn't really like anyone um, now this is low-key a dick move on papa george's part as if he isn't ruining his daughter's life already he took away her governess who she loved more than anything now, Papa George hired a new governess to replace Lady Elgin, and he was hoping that this woman would be more strict with Charlotte, because Lady Elgin wasn't, like, she let Charlotte get away with everything, so he hired Lady de Clifford. However, Charlotte, with her very, very charming personality, uh, won over Lady de Clifford, and they instantly became best friends. Now, while Lady de Clifford was her governess, Charlotte became best friends with Lady de Clifford's grandson, George Keppel. Now, these two literally became attached at the hip, like they were best friends. And uh, years later, when uh, George Keppel was writing his memoirs, he talked about him and Charlotte. As children, like they'd get into play fights, playing pranks, going on horse rides together because they both like horse riding. Um, I read the story from George Keppel that one time a crowd had gathered outside his house to see Princess Charlotte. So, like I said, Charlotte was very popular since she was the only legitimate grandchild of the king. Um, so Charlotte thought it would be funny if they snuck into the crowd and started cheering for her. <laughs> So these kids disguised themselves. I'm not quite sure what kind of disguises they wore. I don't know, like maybe some like conspicuous, unconspicuous cloaks. I don't know. And they blended in with the crowd and like chanted for Charlotte to come out. But she was in the crowd, which uh, it's such an adorable story. I I really enjoyed uh, reading some of the stories uh, George Keppel had about Charlotte. Okay, time to get into what her education was like. Now, by the time Charlotte was ten, uh, King George thought it was time that she get a better, better education, since it didn't look like that she was going to be drawn by a brother anytime soon, because her parents hated each other, um, and he was like, "All right, let's let's start preparing her to be queen, because we're we're not getting a brother." Uh, so they gave her the education fit for a queen. So her lessons would have included history, French. English, Latin, and, of course, religious studies. After all, the monarch was the head of the church now, thanks to Henry VIII, so she needed to learn religious shit. Um, She also learned dancing and music, and apparently she was a fantastic piano player. Like, she rocked out on the piano. Um, Now, according to her teacher, she, like, wasn't the best student in a couple of areas. She had poor handwriting and spelling, which reminds me of me, because I can't spell and my (laughs) handwriting is absolutely atrocious, Um, but the teacher has also noted that she was clearly bright Uh, She had a serious interest in politics, which, you know, was good (laughs) because she was going to be a queen someday. So uh, it's good that she was interested in politics. Uh, She also had an extreme interest in poetry and books. Uh, She enjoyed Jane Austen books the best, which would have been really popular while she was a kid. Um, Her favorite was Sense and Sensibility, and I believe I read she connected most to the character of Marianne in Sense and Sensibility, which is awesome. You know what, *Sense and Sensibility is actually my second favorite Jane Austen book, so I'm really vibing with Charlotte's taste. She sounds, like, so cool. I love Charlotte. Now, before we move on, I want to talk about what Charlotte looked like to give you a better image of her before we move into the more interesting birds of her life, because uh, the rest of her life only gets more crazy and depressing. Now, I actually found a good description of Charlotte, like, as a kid from George Keppel again, so thank you, George Keppel. (laughs) He's is given me all the information I need now. Here's a direct quote from George. Her complexion was rather pale. She had blue eyes that and that particularly blonde hair, which were characteristics rather of her German than of her English descent. Her features were regular. Her face was oval, had not the fullness which later took off somewhat from her good looks. Her form was slender, but of great symmetry. Her hands and feet were beautiful, beautifully shaped. Wow. That is a very, uh, poetry... What what would the word be? Poetrical? That's not a word. <laughs> it's a very nice description. Thank you, George K. Um, now, Charlotte was actually considered to be very beautiful for her time, uh, as George K's description shows. Um, although, actually, you can see in a lot of the portraits of Charlotte that eventually her hair ended up being, like, a a, a medium brown rather than blonde as she grew up, uh, which also reminds me of me. The same thing happened to me. I was, like, a platinum blonde as a kid for, like, my whole life, and then, like, suddenly when I was, like, 12-ish, my hair started turning, a uh, light brown, and now it's, like, a uh, medium brown. So, same Anyway, <laughs> now, I think you guys are gonna like the section. I named the section Teen Spirit, because <laughs> I think I'm funny. Anyway... <laughs> Now, when Charlotte got into her teenage years, her parents still weren't done being awful to each other. Now, Papa George was sure that Caroline had been sleeping with other men while they were separated, um, which is kind of fucking rich coming from him, (laughs) considering he's cheating on her all the time. Anyway, (laughs) um, George... Papa George also believed that a kid that Caroline was taking care of, named William Austin, was actually her illegitimate child with someone. So Papa George, being the petty bitch that he was, had an investigation done, and it was nicknamed the Delicate Investigation. How British is that name anyway now papa george definitely had this done because he wanted a divorce he had no reason to get an annulment or anything and this if he had found any evidence that caroline was being unfaithful oh there would have been a divorce faster than papa george could have blinked um and you know i don't (laughs) i don't think that caroline was actually cheating on him like i don't think she would have really done that like maybe she was flirting or something but anyway the investigation ended up turning up nothing which must have pissed off papa george because boy was caroline hard to shake she was like a she was like a oh what's the metaphor (laughs) a light switch on a wall sure a light light switch on a wall that's a that's a good metaphor (laughs) hitting good job pat myself on the back um, after the investigation, Papa George let Charlotte see her mother more often than he usually did, which I'm sure made Charlotte happy, and I'm sure made Caroline happy to see her daughter a lot more. Um, still, it did not silence the rebellious teen in Charlotte. Um, I think by now you can tell that Charlotte was a bit of a tomboy based on the company she kept and her interest, uh, and she really loved to show off her tomboy side. In my personal opinion, I think she was like this for two reasons. Now, the first being that she had mommy and daddy issues, which is a dangerous combination and can lead to a lot of rebellion and the second reason is I think she was trying to be the boy her father had always wanted because she despite how her father treated her and her mother she loved and admired her father a lot like she thought he was like the best person in the world um and, you know, I think Papa George loved her a lot, too. He just had a funny way of showing it. Like, I'm not justifying his actions because he was a shitbag. But, like, I think he really did love Charlotte. He just had a shitty way of showing it because he didn't have a good relationship with his father. Papa George also had daddy issues with uh, King George. <laughs> now, I, I just think he was very proud of her, and her in his own way. I'm sorry. Anyway, um in 1810, uh, King George III had finally gone entirely loony. Um and he could not run the country when he was entirely loony loony. loony. <laughs> God, my stutter is so bad today. I can't talk. <laughs> so, uh now that King George III had gone entirely loony, uh, the government called Papa Georgian to be Prince Regent. Now him being Prince Regent was basically him being king in all but name. So he would run the country until his father eventually died and he would really become king, which uh, most people assumed would be happening very soon because King George, I don't, he wasn't that old. How old was he? He was like in his 50s or 60s or something. Anyway, people thought he was going to die, so everyone was sure that Papa George would succeed soon um now charlotte was uh very upset about her grandfather's illness now he had always been super nice to her and like chill so it must have been really hard for her to see him like that because she was pretty close with him now when charlotte's father was sworn in as prince regent uh she was actually outside carlton house where the ceremony was happening uh she was actually sitting in a carriage trying to see the ceremony from the windows like the, the the carriage would like get laps around the grounds, and, like, as the carriage would go by, she would, like, try and peek in, because she wasn't allowed in the room. So, (laughs) that happened. Uh, Now that Papa George was Prince Regent, he decided to go, like, full strict parent on Charlotte's ass, which pissed her off a lot, because, you know, teen rebellion. Um, Now, like I mentioned before, Charlotte really loved politics, and she was a massive supporter of the Whig Party. However, her dad was not. And he tried to curb her interest in the Whig party because he he wasn't a fan. Uh, and it didn't work. It actually did the opposite. Um, instead, Charlotte uh, openly showed her support for the Whigs by blowing kisses at their leader, Charles Gray, when he was at the opera. Uh, now, if you recognize the name Charles Gray, if if you've ever seen the movie The Duchess with Keira Knightley, the guy she has the affair with is Charles Gray, and he's a future prime minister, and he was, like, really active in politics in this Time period. So like Charles Gray will come up again in another episode when I do uh Georgiana Spencer one day. Trust me, I will. Now, after Charlotte did her whole blowing kisses stunt, um, it didn't go over so well with Papa George. He actually punished her with more restrictions than he had previously done. Um, he made restrictions on her clothing budget, which was a problem because she was a growing princess who needed clothes. Um And he made a rule that when she was at the opera, she had to sit at the back and leave before the end of whatever she was watching, which was annoying because Charlotte really, really loved the opera. Like, it was her favorite place to go. Um, Eventually, Papa George got really busy running the country. So, uh, in order to, like... Kind of keep Charlotte under control when he couldn't watch her. He sent her to Windsor Castle to hang out with her unmarried aunts. Now, as a hyperactive teenager, even though it's a castle, I think I would find it boring to hang out with my unmarried aunts. Because, <laughs> you know, what are they doing? Just like sitting around complaining about how they're not married, or I guess? I don't know. <laughs> now, uh, Charlotte also hated being at Windsor Castle with her unmarried aunts, and as all teens do, she acted out. Now, Charlotte developed a massive crush on her cousin, George Fitt- Fitzclarence, uh, who was the son- illegitimate son of her uh, uncle William, who would eventually become uh, William IV of England. Um, now, on paper, George Fitt- Fitzclarence was like pretty cool. He seems like a good match for Charlotte, like if they had gotten married, even though he was illegitimate. Uh, He was a soldier with a title and money. However, he was a little bit, (laughs) and I say this very sarcastically, a little bit mentally unstable. Um, I believe a couple years later, he shot himself in the head. Or something like that. I can't remember. I just know he was really mentally unstable. So it's probably a good thing that before anything got serious between them, he was sent away by the military. Maybe at uh, Papa George's behest, but who knows. Um, after that, she had a romance with uh, Charles Hess, who was also a soldier. And this romance was a much, much more serious. And pretty much everyone knew about it except for Papa George, who, uh, if he had found out, most likely would have flipped his shit um charlotte's mother on the other hand not only knew about the whole thing but she actually encouraged the match because she thought uh, charles hess was great so he let them hang out on chaperoned if you guys have watched bridgerton hanging out with a man on chaperoned is scandalous especially if you're a princess oh my god (gasps) But, uh, just like Fitzclarence, Charles Hess was sent away by the military, which also might have been a good thing for everyone involved. I couldn't find anything crappy about him, but, like, maybe it was best for everyone, let's be real. Now, by 1813, the Napoleonic Wars were, like, starting to turn in Britain's favor, which was a good thing because Papa George was at the head of this. And, uh, he decided that since things were going so great, um that charlotte should get married and she was 17 years old at this time just for context um and his brilliant choice was uh, this dude named Prince William of Orange, who was the heir to the Dutch throne. And on paper, he was a pretty good match for a future queen. William was handsome, well-educated. Um, he was currently fighting the Napoleonic Wars, which meant he was brave. Uh, not to mention the Dutch and the British being united in marriage would give the British more influence in the region, which was exactly what Papa George was you know, trying to do. <laughs> so that was good. Um, I think Papa George knew that Charlotte wouldn't like this match based on, you know, everything about her personality, so he had to be a little sneaky-sneak about it. In the summer of 1813, Papa George invited Prince Willie to Charlotte's birthday party so that Charlotte and uh, Prince Willie could, you know, meet each other more casually than they would have. But, oh, did it backfire so hard! Now, one thing you gotta know about Willie is, while he, uh, he was pretty great, he was a lot like Papa George, and, I mean, he seems like a nice dude, I couldn't really find anything bad about him from, but, from what I read, he really liked to drink and party, not to mention he was also most likely bisexual, like, there, there are some reports that, like, he slept with men and women all the time, so, like, that, that was a thing, I don't think Charlotte would've liked that, um, now, the reason I'm telling you this is because when he, when he showed up at Papa George's birthday party, he went full send. <laughs> he and Papa George drank themselves into oblivion, even though Charlotte was not supposed to know that a marriage was being talked about between her and Willie. I think Charlotte picked up on the vibe that Willie was putting down, and she was super not impressed by how William had behaved at the party. Now, At some point, Papa George got into his head that Charlotte was trying to get married to her cousin while he was trying to arrange her marriage to uh, William. Now, her cousin, her other cousin, she had a lot of cousins that she was really interested in, um, but this cousin was the Duke of Gloucester, and Papa George didn't like the Duke of Gloucester. (laughs) So uh, he decided to call Charlotte and the Duke of Gloucester together and like chewed them out, to like probably scare them into not getting married, even if, if they had had that idea of getting married. I'm not really sure if they actually intended on getting married, but they were definitely like flirting, which was a problem. Um Charlotte was like definitely conflicted on what to do. Like, did she want to marry Gloucester, who she was interested in, or did she want to marry who her dad was telling her to marry? Uh she actually even wrote a letter to Charles Gray, the guy she blew kisses at. Um Who was the Whig party leader? And I believe he was prime minister at the time, I think. Uh, So she asked him for advice, and he suggested that she bide her time, so she stalled. Eventually, the whole uh, Duke of Gloucester versus Willie of Orange got into the papers, and oh my god, the press ate it up. The papers, like all over Britain, wondered if Charlotte would marry the orange or the cheese. Yes, they gave him gave both of those boys those dumb nicknames now the orange obviously referred to william of orange because he was the prince of orange and now uh, i actually had to google why they call gloucester the cheese apparently uh the the region of gloucester in england apparently makes great cheese called gloucester cheese and now i really want to try some because like i heard it's pretty good anyway so who would it be the orange or the cheese now by christmas of that year papa george decided to go with more gentler approach and invited willie and charlotte to a christmas dinner party and willie was on his best behavior i think he kind of felt a little bit bad about how he had acted at papa george's birthday party and so he was he was a lot chiller this time now when papa george asked her to decide if they could move forward with marriage negotiations she said that she liked what she saw with willie um But, like, that was the only answer she gave. And even though that was not a definite, yes, dad, I would like to marry this dude, uh, George took it as yes and continued negotiations. Now, the negotiations are lengthy and super complicated. So I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes version (laughs) that I looked up on Wikipedia. Now, it was decided that uh, the Dutch throne and the English throne well, I guess the British throne, uh, would be separate and that Charlotte and Willie's oldest son would inherit the British throne and their second son would inherit the Dutch throne. But if they only had one son, the Dutch crown would be handed over to some of Willie's other cousins who were next in line. Now, Charlotte signed the marriage contract in the summer of 1814, uh, but there was something else going on with her at the time. Now, Charlotte had met a certain young man by the name of Leopold, who was a prince from Germany. Now, Papa George knew that he and Charlotte had flirted a bit, but he didn't really consider Leopold as a match for Charlotte, and I just want everyone to keep him in mind, because he's going to be back soon, I promise. Now, while Charlotte's marriage to the Prince of Orange was popular with Papa George and the party that Papa George liked, the Tory party, pretty much everyone else, including Charlotte's mother, uh, who wanted to go with Charlotte to the Netherlands, and the public they were on caroline's side like no one wanted uh william to be charlotte's husband and every time charlotte went out in public the public would like walk by her carriage and like beg her not to leave her mother here in england because caroline the public was very sympathetic to caroline and they hated george well papa george i'm sorry <laughs> and after going out in public a few times and like hearing all this uproar about her leaving her mother, Charlotte didn't want to leave her mother. So she demanded that Willie let her bring her mother to the Netherlands. And Willie was like, mm, no, end of conversation. And Charlotte was like, fine, end of relationship. Mic drop. <laughs> and she broke off the engagement. <laughs> And oh, it it did not go well. Uh Papa George ordered that um Charlotte be confined at Warwick House, where she would eventually be moved to Windsor, where which she would not be allowed to see anyone but her grandmother, Queen Charlotte. Now, when Charlotte heard about the fact that she was gonna be locked up, uh she totally panicked <laughs> and she ran out of the house where she was staying. But the problem is she's a princess. Uh, and she's never driven anywhere herself and she's never walked anywhere herself so she had no idea how to get where she wanted to go. Uh, Luckily a man in a nearby home saw her and helped her find the equivalent of what a taxi was in 1810 London Uh, and the the carriage guy I guess uh, took her to her mother's house so that she could hide. Um, Her mother actually wasn't even there at her house, uh, Caroline was at a friend's house, but when she got, like, I don't know, like, what, a, a letter, you can't call back then. So she probably had a letter telling her that, hey, your daughter sort of ran away from your ex husband. You might want to go deal with that. <laughs> Caroline rushed right back home. Um, and Charlotte, like, she was like, all right, game plan. We got to do something because my dad's going to kill me. Uh, so she called some Whig politicians to her mother's house to help her figure out what to do. Um. After she was there for a couple of hours, her uncle, the Duke of York, showed up at the house and basically told her that if she didn't go back to her father's house, he would take her by force and, like, drag her out of the house. And after hours of arguing, she agreed to go home the next day, but she decided to stay at her mom's house for the night as long as she could. Well, she stayed at her mother's house for the night, and then she went back to her dad's. And when she went back, she and her father had a bit of an emotional reunion, because I think Papa George felt terrible about, like making her run away like he had like upset her so much that she had run away and he didn't want to do that to her like so um but papa george being the shitbag he was even though he felt bad about making her run away he still had her sent to windsor under strict orders that she wasn't allowed to leave he basically grounded his full-grown 18 year old because she did something he didn't like which is rude. Um, now, even though Charlotte hadn't wanted to come to Windsor, she eventually got actually used to the place, and she really started to enjoy her time there, because, you know, Windsor is a very beautiful castle. Um, now, by the end of 1814, Papa George came to tell Charlotte her mother was going on an extended trip around Europe. Uh, Charlotte begged her mother to stay, but Caroline went anyway. Um, and Now, I don't know if Papa George made Caroline go on this extended European trip, or if this was, like, all Caroline's idea because she wanted to go on a trip. But uh, Charlotte didn't know it at the time, but she would never end up seeing her mother again, un- unfortunately, and we'll, we'll get to why that is very soon. Um, now, after a few months at Windsor, her father allowed her to take a trip to the seaside um, to, like, get her, <laughs> I don't know, get her spirits up, make her feel better. Um, now, Charlotte wanted to go to brighton which is like a coastal town in england it's a very fashionable area and it's a great vacation spot people still go to brighton on a uh, vacation all the time in england uh but papa george was like mm, no <laughs> so she was sent to weymouth which is another coastal town um on the same coast that uh, Brighton is on. Anyway, it's still a pretty nice place. Uh, she spent the summer there seeing all the sights, you know, buying French silk, taking some nice saltwater baths, which sounds nice after she was shut up for months. Um, and after spending the summer here, her father invited her to spend Christmas with him. And after a year of being angry, they finally made up, which is really great. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad they're not fighting anymore. Okay, I'm going to take a quick break break. Um, But while I'm gone, I want you to listen to this uh, ad I made for the wonderful people at the website of uh, History Pods, where my podcast is featured on. And you guys should uh, definitely go on to the website because they've got a lot of great history podcasts like me. So here we go. Hey, guys. So 2020. What a year, am I right? But on the bright side, it got me to start a podcast. And as a avid podcast listener, I know how hard it is to find a good quality history podcast because all the good ones are buried under big budget podcasts, so you never see a good independent podcast. But if you want quality independent history podcasts, you've got to check out historypods.com where there's no algorithms and no rankings, just good quality history podcasts. You can also donate to their Patreon to help keep the site going at patreon.com com slash history All right, back to the show. All right, we're back. I hope you guys enjoyed that ad. Now, all right, let's get right back into it. Now, after the whole uh, marriage debacle, um, in 1815, Charlotte had basically made it her mission to find a husband of her own choosing because clearly her father couldn't make any good choices and but papa george was still holding on hope that she would take prince willie back and she said no fucking way am i doing that again um so for the first time in his life papa george dropped the conversation altogether and kind of left charlotte to it now at first charlotte had wanted to marry this prussian prince um, I actually think he showed up in Bridgerton. If you guys have seen Bridgerton, you know that Prussian prince? I think that that's this guy that I read about in this story. I don't know. Uh, he was a bit of a slutbag. So Charlotte moved on from that. She got over that crush pretty quickly. But then she remembered a certain prince who had made a good impression on her not too long ago in Weymouth. And that was Prince Leopold of Saxe Coburg and Gotha. That's a really long name. That's all right. Now let's actually talk about prince leopold now he was a german prince from the principality of coburg which i think it's is that somewhere near frankfurt it's in germany it's in modern day germany anyway uh but he was a fourth son so not much was really expected of him so like all younger children he had to go make something of himself so he became a military man now he fought very bravely in the napoleonic wars which i believe were over by this point yeah by 1815 i think so (laughs) Um, not only that, but Leopold was handsome, with broad shoulders, tousled hair, mutton chops, <laughs> and brown, thoughtful eyes. Ah, Leopold. <laughs> um. Also, he was only four years older than her, uh, which was pretty great. Um. Side note: I I know this isn't really el- relevant, but I wanted to look up their astrological combat compatibility since he's a Sagittarius and she's a Capricorn. And spoiler alert, it's not great. Apparently Capricorns and Sagittarius is like don't get along very well, but you know somehow Charlotte and Leopold eventually made it work. Anyway, moving on. Um, as for Leopold's personality, even though he was known to be cold and calculated on the battlefield, Charlotte found him to be sensitive and kind, which is... aww... <laughs> Now, Charlotte was more in love than she'd ever been with any of her previous crushes, including, you know, the several cousins. Um, So she asked her dad for permission to marry him. Now, Papa George wanted to meet Leopold first, even though he knew about him. He was like, eh, I don't know if he's really the best match for you but i'll meet him so in february of 1816 leopold was invited to the seaside town of brighton where papa george was going to basically like interview him like give him the dad talk to make sure that he was good enough for his charlotte and in like a few days papa george was not only impressed but he loved leopold too And when Charlotte came to Brighton to meet them, Papa George gave them all the permission they needed to get married, which was great because they were very, very in love. Now, an official announcement was made to the public in March, and the wedding date was set for May. And in between then, they started making the transition for Leopold from German prince to British prince. Now, first they made Leopold a naturalized British citizen, which was important. They also made him a general. Uh, They awarded him the Order of the Bath and made him a Knight of the Garter, which is the highest orders of chivalry in the land. Uh, Not to mention, they also awarded him an allowance of £50,000 sterling a year. Now, I did the conversion on pound sterling into Canadian modern Canadian dollars, and it came up to like $86,000, which is so much money, that's like a really well-paying job today, that's like, I don't know, I don't know much about being a doctor, because I'm not a doctor, (laughs) and I don't plan to ever be one, but I feel like that's like entry-level money, for like, I don't know, what's a, it's not resident, I don't know, whatever the thing before being a resident is, I imagine that's the pay, but like a doctor would have to tell me that. I don't know. Anyway, it's he basically got a really well-paying <laughs> job salary just for marrying Charlotte. So it's it's wild. Um, on May second, eighteen sixteen, huge crowds filled London streets for the wedding. It was quite literally the wedding of the century. Like if you thought Diana and Charles' wedding was huge, this was huge. Now, they got married at Carlton House, where Charlotte was born and, you know, grew up for a lot of her life. Um, Leopold wore a field marshal's uniform, and Charlotte wore this really fantastic dress that I have to tell you about. So, fun thing about Charlotte's wedding dress is that it actually still exists. Like, it's not... A box of confetti. It's actually on display by the Royal Collection Trust, and they hold like a lot of uh, royal garments like uh, Queen Elizabeth II's wedding dress is there, uh, Catherine Middleton's um, wedding dress is there, Diana's wedding dress is there, and I believe this is the oldest um, wedding dress that they own from the royal family that like still exists. They also have Queen Victoria's wedding dress on display there, I believe. I'd really like to see it because it, it's so cool that they still have Charlotte's wedding dress. Um, I posted a picture of it as a clue for this episode, so you guys can just go on my Twitter uh, to see it. Uh, long May She Rain too, <laughs> on Twitter. Um, but if you want to be lazy and you know, not go to Twitter, I'll just give you a description that I found of it from Wikipedia. Now, the wedding dress is white and and silver uh, covered with transparent silk net embroidered in silver lame with seashells and flowers. The sleeves were trimmed with Brussels lace, and the six-foot train was made with the same material as the slip and was fastened like a cloak with a diamond clasp. The dress apparently cost about uh, €10,000, equivalent to approximately, uh, 575,000 euros in 2017, and it was designed by a London dressmaker, uh, Mrs. Traude, uh, Charlotte paired the dress with earrings, pearls, and, and an armlet, which was a wedding gift from Prince Leopold, and I actually had to Google what the fucking armlet was, because I, d- I didn't know what an armlet was, it's basically one of those, like, arm bracelet things that, like, people wear, anyway, it's, it was pretty cool, Now, the ceremony went pretty smoothly, except for the fact that when uh, Leopold was uh, making his vows, he promised to endow her with all his worldly goods, and she giggled, like, kind of loud, which, granted, is fair. After all, she was the breadwinner in this relationship, so it was super funny, like, he wasn't gonna give her anything, she was giving him everything, (laughs) Anyway, after they got married, they honeymooned at Oatland's Palace, which is an old Tudor residence, if you remember from my Catherine of Aragon episode. Uh, That's where uh, little Prince Arthur um, had one of his proxy weddings with Catherine of Aragon, even though she wasn't there. Anyway, Oatland's Palace still exists, and that's where they hung out for their honeymoon. Uh, They spent a few weeks there until returning to their residence of Claremont House that uh, I believe her father actually bought for her and Leopold as, like, a honeymooner's house. And guess what? When they got back, she was preggers! Yay! And everyone was super excited. And when I read about, uh, sorry, start over. (laughs) Now, when I read about Leopold and Charlotte while they were married, um, it once again reminds me that I am very, very single. (laughs) but everyone noticed that uh charlotte was like much calmer and more restrained than usual because as i mentioned before she was a hyper kid but leopold was like this calming presence um when she got overly excited which she did a lot leopold would say in french because he spoke pretty good french uh which means gently my love and charlotte not only calmed down but she kind of thought it was funny that he had to tell her, tell her, uh, Cherie a lot, and he start, and she started calling Leopold (laughs) Dulciman when he told her to be calm, which he found totally hilarious. Now, while they were back in London, while Charlotte was pregnant, they attended, um, I believe it was an opera, um, and while they were at the opera, Charlotte got, like, incredibly, incredibly sick and they had to leave and unfortunately uh she wasn't just sick she had suffered a miscarriage with her first baby but it, it's okay they moved on from it like they were obviously very devastated but they're like it's okay we can get pregnant again it shouldn't be that hard and obviously the whole country was devastated because they want charlotte to have kids um because they were literally the most popular com- couple in the country uh and they were sure they, they would get could get easily pregnant again. And in April of 1817, Charlotte announced her second pregnancy, yay. Now, luckily for Charlotte on this run with pregnancy, she did end up getting a lot farther in this pregnancy than she did with the last one. As she got farther and farther along, people got more and more excited. People even started putting debts on whether it would be a boy or a girl, kind of like today. Um, We do that all the time with royal babies now. and when she was about, I think, like five months-ish, I think, uh, she got the start of prenatal care at the end of the summer. And she really spent most of this time kind of giving into pregnancy cravings and not exercising, which, mood. Um, and now, her original due date was supposed to be October 19th, but it passed and no baby came. Uh, so Charlotte was like, yeah, okay. So she continued on until November 3rd, 1817. And that's when her contraction started. Now, for some reason, she was not moving really far along in labor, and the doctors were becoming worried as November 3rd became the 4th, and the 4th became the 5th. Now, um, someone suggested they use forceps, which is like this little, like, claw thingamajig that they use during labor. Now, they didn't really use them back then because it just wasn't really a done thing and there's a lot of people who think that if they had used forceps to help charlotte along uh it probably could have saved her and the baby But the old timey doctors who didn't know shit about women's bodies said no and instead made charlotte do all the pushing until finally at nine o'clock in the morning on november 5th she gave birth to a boy But the baby was unresponsive. Um, They tried to resuscitate him, but he ended up dying. Charlotte was absolutely exhausted and devastated. uh, But there was no reason why the doctors didn't think she would recover totally. So Leopold, who had been up for days with Charlotte, decided to go take a rest while Charlotte recovered. Now, not long after midnight, Charlotte began to vomit violently. And she was bleeding very heavily from her coochie. Um, so, they tried to go wake up Leopold to be like, y- your wife is dying, come and see her, but this man was so knocked out from exhaustion, I believe he took, like, some sort of drug to just, like, knock him out or something, you know, like, old-timey drugs like cocaine opium and shit, so he wasn't getting up, and when the doctor came back to check on Charlotte, Charlotte was dead. Now, when Charlotte died, all of Europe mourned her death. It was, like, Diana... Diana, Princess of Wales' death, turned up to 11 in grief, or so I've read. Now, Papa George was so upset about Charlotte's death, he didn't even attend the funeral because he just couldn't stand it. He didn't want to see this funeral. He just couldn't do it. Caroline, when she got the news, I'm not quite sure where she was in Europe, but she was still on her European trip, uh, and she passed out when she heard the news. And the most bizarre mourner of all the people who mourned her death, was good old Prince Willy of Orange. Yep, that's right, her jilted fiance was so upset when he heard that she died that he burst into tears when he got the news and his wife, who he had married shortly after Charlotte had rejected him, uh, ordered that the entire Dutch court go into mourning for Charlotte because she actually respected Charlotte a a lot, uh, even though she wouldn't be married to the man she was married to if Charlotte had said yes to him, but she she was pretty chill about it now uh when she died, shops and businesses closed for um i believe I believe it was for the funeral or maybe for the week i I can't remember and uh the poor people who couldn't afford full mourning, like most rich people could, they wore black armbands uh to signify that they were also in mourning. And to show uh, the grief they had for her because, you know, the public loved her. Now, Leopold was probably the worst out of everyone. He had lost a wife and a son all in one day. Uh, Now, Leopold, uh, after Charlotte, he didn't remarry for 13 years until um, he eventually became king of Belgium. Because Belgium was like, hey, we're asking random people to be our king. Hey, Leopold, you're pretty great. Do do you want to become king of Belgium? So he was like, yeah, sure. Um, and unfortunately, Leopold had to marry for political power because he needed children. Uh, he was not nearly as warm to his second wife. He didn't like his second wife at all because all he wanted was his Charlotte. <laughs> now, you, you you might think I'm talking about Leopold from our um, Congo episode. Not true. Uh, that evil dude who did all the shit to the congo was uh leopold's son also called leopold uh <laughs> you know a lot of his dad's issues probably uh projected on Leopold baby leopold because you know he did horrible shit and people who do horrible shit generally have daddy issues so charlotte dying caused the congo massacre huh it's interesting how <laughs> history connects like that Anyway, uh, Charlotte was buried with her son at St. George's Chapel in Windsor Castle. Uh, Her son was placed at her feet, I believe, in her tomb. Um, I imagine her tomb is still there. I've never been there, but I'd love to see it. Um, After she died, the public... Was kind of like begging King George's other sons to marry and have children. Since Papa George had no plans uh, to get back together with Caroline, and even if he did, I don't think Caroline would have been able to have any more children. Um, eventually, uh, Charlotte's father did go on to become King George IV, um, and his brothers ditched all their mistresses <laughs> the minute that happened and tried to um, have children with legitimate wives. And in 1819, Charlotte's uncle, the Duke of Kent, and Leopold pulled a uh, younger sister who the duke of Kent had married um they had a daughter that they named victoria who would eventually go on to be the queen victoria that we all know and love um all right let's get into legacy now charlotte is often ignored in history books uh and she's not really known by the general public if you ask like a random person like anyone maybe even people in britain have no idea who charlotte was they they would definitely have no idea but if you asked who queen victoria was they would probably know a bit about her uh charlotte is very important history like if she hadn't died not only would queen victoria have never been queen victoria would have never existed in the first place and the only reason i knew about charlotte uh to do her on an episode is because i watched the uh pbs show about queen victoria and they mentioned charlotte a lot because obviously victoria was like kind of like in the shadow of charlotte and like what she could have been and like how she can live up to the legacy so i, I thought that was interesting and i'm glad that i watched that pbs show now cuz uh, now i know about charlotte and i've done this episode for you guys and i've shared her life with you now i think charlotte is fascinating i think she be she should be a more popular historical figure that everyone knows because hey you no know, you never know she could have been a greater queen than victoria ever was you, you never know now uh, thank you guys so much for joining me for the first episode of 2021. I hope you guys enjoyed it a lot. Bye! Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you have any suggestions for topics, you can just DM me on Twitter at rain 2 The N at the end of rain is replaced with a 2 instead. I'm also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and like a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, don't forget to rate and review this podcast on all those platforms. It really actually does help the show so much and it will help me grow my audience, so I would absolutely appreciate it if you you... you guys could do that. Alright, uh, bye!